Oh, yeah, go figure. He died in a motorcycle accident. But if it's like this, Jared, Jared died of the corona? No way. Corona. It would be way more exciting. So that's Jared. Yeah. That's talking me. about the corona. Here we are. Lawyer talk. May 20, 2020. That's 52020. Uh, that's got to mean something. Uh, it certainly means something here because it is another Wednesday. Here's what we got coming. We got another interface with the Blitz, 99.7, Loper and Randy. Uh, the Blitz Nation will be listening. Uh, Jeff and Jared are not allowed to talk, apparently. We got yelled at last time. So uh, I will be answering questions, as I always would do on Wednesdays, and we are coupling that with lawyer talk with the appropriate social distancing that is miles and miles away from their studio. I understand. They said we couldn't talk, but it doesn't mean we can't make sounds. So I'm just going to go, hootie hoo. Yeah, you're gonna, that's, that's talking. Hootie yeah. hoo. I mean, the sound is like, we got some we got some feedback in there. What's going on, Steve? No, no, nothing. Yeah. Must yeah. be on your end. Yeah, so we're going to take questions. I'd be curious to see uh, what the questions are about today. I, I got a hunch uh, we're going to start seeing uh, some, some return to normalcy, uh, less about uh, the corona shutdown, maybe more about the people getting in trouble uh, as a result of maybe violating some orders, uh, maybe some other things that are uh, going on out in the world. Uh, we shall see, but uh, that's coming up. We expect their call anytime soon here. And uh, we'll go from there. Um, uh, then I want to talk. You know, I got a question. I, I posted uh, an article on Facebook. I rarely do this for anybody who, who knows. I, I don't do a whole lot on Facebook. But it, it was the it was a constitutional decision uh, from another state. I don't remember which state it was now. But uh, in the article, another uh, friend of mine on Facebook and somebody I've known for years as a realtor uh, initially sold me my cabin way up in uh, Perrysville. But uh, he had some questions about uh, these court orders and, and the constitutionality, so I've been doing some poking around. Maybe we can cover that a little bit. Uh, and then we'll just talk about uh, various lawyer talk topics. I think uh, there's going to be a lot of – I actually wrote a blog on this, shot out of a cannon type of stuff. You know, it, it, I remember I, – I don't drink alcohol anymore, but there was a time like Christmas break, you're driving home or you got like a four-hour drive. And then you get there and all your buddies, you feel like they've had plenty to drink already and you've had nothing to drink. So you just, you're shot out of a can of man. You start, all right, give me five shots and a beer and I'll catch up. And next thing you know, you're blasted and uh, you're there for the weekend, but you know, you ruined it on Friday. You're too hungover on Saturday and maybe Sunday you got to leave and you sort of, uh, you know, you blew it. Hair of the dog. Hair of the dog. So I think there's going to be a little bit of that. A lot of people just shot out of a can and uh, we should probably talk about how to stay safe. You know, yeah, they're, they're it's gonna be like amateur night all over again. Is that what you're saying? It's gonna be amateur night all over for they're, everybody, for everybody. They're, yeah. out of, they're out of their their old old training. Yeah, here's a funny thought. So you know, you get the pitcher of beer at the you know the Bud Light, the Budweiser, whatever. You can get it to your table. Well, a lot of these craft breweries, which they would never sell that kind of quantity in their craft beer, which is usually a higher alcohol, is now going to pitchers, so you don't get up and go to the bar. So, so you're getting pictures of like, of like IPA. IPA. Yeah. Big yeah. old bombed yeah. up so IPAs. I, my wife read me Sonder Brewing Company, which is in Mason. And they had a, a list of, Hey, we're opening up Thursday. Here's what our rules are. And it was that we have now, we're now introducing pictures for your table. Please don't get up once you sit down. Um, so yeah, it's not going to be Bud Light, Miller Light pitchers anymore. It's going to be 9% Imperial IPA pitchers, which will add to the intoxication yeah you know this is going to be 
that's dangerous stuff right there, man. It's like buying a pitcher of of, of high content booze. Well, and I wonder if how they'll sell it. Like, because a lot of those places always have the high alcohol beers, like 10, 11, 12, barley wines, things like that. And if you order it, you'll notice it doesn't come in a pint glass. It comes in like one of those little like wine glass type things, like chalice, you know? Yeah. So if they're going to try to comply with social distancing, are they just going to say, oh, you want barley wine, 15% alcohol in a pitcher? Yeah, here, Jared, here you go. Make sure you share it. That's going to be an expensive pitcher. Uh, you would think. Yeah. Because sometimes those small glasses, you know what I mean? It oh, might yeah. be, sometimes they're like seven bucks, ounces. Ten bucks. Yeah, yeah. They're like, you know what I mean? Eight, it, I, I think because I, I went somewhere and I got like a stout or something. Uh, it was, uh, I forget the name of it. Like Brews. I mean, there was. Brew No, it was Brew Dog. I don't know. It was something. Even, uh, it was. <laughs> no, it was, it was uh, a stout. It was something, something there. It was, it was over there off Hamilton Road there, man. I'm trying to remember the name of it. They, Hamilton. It was, it, was, it was a blockbuster at one point in time, and now it's this. But anyhow, me and Shorty went in there, had good food. And, uh, but I ordered this stout, and I remember looking at it too. I think it was like 11%. And, and but it came in and it was an eight ounce glass. Yeah, like right. you said, like wine. Yeah, like a chow. So thing. you yeah. know you're not drinking twelve ounces. You're getting eight. Yeah. So I, I would feel like I was getting ripped. And off. I think that it was probably like nine dollars or something. Sure. You know, yeah. for that eight ounces. So now what are you doing? You're bringing over the chalice glasses and just letting people willy-nilly pour out of a pitcher? I mean, that seems hardly. <laughs> we're going to share this pitcher. Yeah. So that 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 hardly seems. Uh, uh, in the spirit of things, no pun intended. But, you know, I think what you're going to see is a lot of stuff opening up, a lot of people out drinking again, a lot of people out partying again. And uh, you know what I did notice uh, about a week ago as I was driving in on 315, the popo, the police were out. You know, they were they were there on the highway again. And I hadn't seen that in a while. It had been a bit since I saw somebody just uh, a, a cruiser just on the side of the road. And that was in the morning. Uh, so I imagine what's going to happen is enforcement is back on state highway patrol, especially I've been seeing a lot I saw more. It, yeah. And I, I saw, I've seen, been seeing them on 161 in an area where I've never seen them prior. Really. I mean, they're, they're, they're out. Yeah, they're out. And, and don't think they won't be out Friday night, Saturday night. Uh, and you know, whatever party nights there happen to be, this is a Memorial day weekend. So there is that oh, yeah, stuff going on. And, and, you know, Let's I not think forget about that, huh? I think we're going to see a lot of stuff start to happen. So the message of lawyer talk today, let's be careful out there, man. I mean, get Uber, get whatever you got to do. But if you don't, you can give us a shout and we can help you out. Um, would you, like, I know you don't drink anymore, Steve, and this question is you too, Jared. Would you feel comfortable going to a bar and getting food and sitting down right now? Uh, I wasn't comfortable going to a bar and getting food and sitting down before. But would I do it now? I, 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 uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, oh, I, I feel so. totally fine. Yeah. yeah, there's a couple spots that I'm looking forward to going to. I was never somebody. I mean, when I was drinking, I could sit at a bar for a long time and drink. But as far as going to a restaurant, sitting with the loudness and all, you know, it's like that. It doesn't always do it for me. Sometimes it does, but yeah. doesn't always. Ghost Rider in Johnstown. I'm 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 yeah. especially looking forward to that. Just I, seems I, I weird. Love, I love I mean, the people you... that were there, and and I've seen their messages that they have all their staff still there, which is great because they had an excellent staff and excellent service and great food. Ghost Rider, I gotta go there. Then. Oh man, you gotta come on out. And but I, I don't know how they've changed it, where it's going at. You sent we were in that group text, Jeff, and you sent that picture the first day of you know of, of was it Standard? Is that the name of the, the bar? Yeah, and then the one next door got cited like the next well, day. Here, here's whenever you said you sent that, it was a screenshot of somebody you must follow, and at the top it said something like. This is this is the view of an irresponsible business or something like that, and yeah, that was and, another restaurant, and well, that said that, 
Yeah, it was a barbecue place. It was oh, like really. Yeah, I won't. I mean, oh, I don't really, really? care. Wow, but, but that, I, I didn't know who that was. Here, let me see. And then they were like this. It. Shut them down. Shut them oh, down. Oh no, that that was a person. Yeah, that was a. But person. I saw a barbecue place posted the same thing. But here's where I was like this. I I, I showed the to Shorty. And she cracked me up because she was like this. Tattle tale, tattle tale. My and you know what I mean. It's like, what's with all these tattle tales? And then I sent you that view of the same thing, and this is their argument because he had drones that were his that took pictures of it, and whenever the pictures we saw in the dispatch kind of made everybody look like they were closer together than they really were. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that picture you sent. Um, I mean, if that's yeah, and I that mean, was his I, argument. I hear you. Because he was like, these pictures are not, he said, they, they look, and then when you see the aerial, because there was lines, you I mean, there were gaps, and there were, there were tables that yeah. were set apart, and I looked at the one, and I could see this girl in a red dress, and then I looked at the overview, and I zoomed in, and I'm pretty sure that that was the same, because it looked like the same positioning, and the one shot looked like they were all crowded together. Once you saw the overview shot, you realized that they were not, that there were sections but yeah. they were lined up when we take a, 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 a photo from the ground, you didn't see the gaps in the middle. You know what I mean? It made yeah, it look yeah, like yeah. they were piled on top yeah. of each other. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's an interesting thing. And it, you know what, it, it struck me, you and I talked about this off the record. Of course we are off the record on the air, or on the air, whatever we are. We did talk about this not recording a show. And um, it, it, what a mentality that is to want to get people in trouble. Uh, for the sake of doing it. So you take a picture or maybe, maybe I can imply, maybe we should just impute uh, ignorance to the photo there, to the uh, photographer. They took the picture and from their perspective, it did look like it was crowded, but the reality is they didn't, uh, they didn't capture what was really going on. The, the drone picture certainly did. And, and what, you know, your side by side there of what was going on in the, in the main picture versus the aerial picture it just it was it was amazing it made me think of football games when you see the snowstorm and you're like wow it's really snowing there and you look outside and it's not really snowing but you're seeing the snowflakes between you and where the or between the camera and the field which is a lot more than what is you perceive when you're just standing there so you know i get yeah to me it kind of depends on where you stand on the whole thing you know what i mean if you if you are a, a person that believes we really need to protect ourselves from coronavirus i guess you could see why they would take this tattletale mentality because they feel like they're creating danger for the rest of the people. If you're someone that believes this is overblown, that we're hurting our economy, that, um, you know, for our own mental health and psyche, we need to be reopened. Uh, then obviously I think you're quick to dismiss, you know, these restrictions that the governor is putting on us. I mean, I kind of liken it to like, uh, what if you like were illegal dumping in somebody's trash can out here, Steve, and somebody called you in, are they a tattletale? It's like, you shouldn't be illegal dumping. So Whoa. from somebody's point of view that like believes in this coronavirus could be in a pandemic and maybe we should still be indoors. That's kind of where they're coming from. I don't necessarily just be like, Oh, well they're just tattletale. It's just a tattletale economy. It's like, I feel like, well, I, I, I believe they have legitimate fear behind that, but behind doing that. Uh, I hope so. I hope you're right that uh, they have legitimate fear, but, on the other hand, I just feel like maybe you're right. I mean, maybe it's my perception. I have a legitimate fear of the new program they're putting together with the health department that they're adding people on to go out and do inspections with law enforcement. So they got a whole new, Is, a whole new. So they're going to do that. The way he's backed down the last couple of days, it kind of makes me no, think. No, he said he's put, they put, they're putting together a whole deal. Okay. And, and uh, he said that they will remove liquor license. 
they will fine. And there's a, you know, I mean, the, the, the misdemeanor or whatever, you know, could come with jail time yeah. and, and, and a fine. And he didn't say totally, but he said, we haven't overlooked citing patrons. Okay. I mean, Steve, I, and so what's here's, funny here's, about here's this. where I'm at is that I've got a big issue with the government making a whole new sector that's allowed to walk around and be goons and be like, you know what, you know, we're going to, you know, just, just walk up to the table because you walked over, you saw a buddy at another table. You walked over and said, hi. Yeah. And they were like this, <laughs> sorry there, Jeffro. Uh, that was your table. You were told to stay there. You were, came with six people. You can only talk with those six people. You went over to that table right there. That's a $200 fine, my friend. Yeah. And well, that, and so why would that become? Well, that became because tattletales. They got sick and tired of hearing tattletales, so they had to go out and, and, and put up for them and get this new goon squad out there. Well, what's funny about all this is we can't even keep people apart at, like, parks or neighbors or in neighborhoods, and we're expecting people in a 10 by 10 patio. While drinking. While drinking right. to maintain distance. It's so like, I, this is, is this the same? I mean, to, to further your argument, Jeff, it's like, if is this the same as calling in a drunk driver who's swerving all over the road, jeopardizing the safety? Or is this something different than that on some level? And I guess I, I feel like on the one hand, it could be looked at like the swerving drunk driver. On the other hand, uh, it, it rings a little Obviously, bit of the swerving drunk driver is more immediate. Yeah. It, you know it, what I mean? It, it rings um, a little bit of hall monitors, all hall monitorness. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, who wants that? I'm not back and I, don't, I didn't, I didn't take photos of places I drove by. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not doing that, but I guess I understand and talking to different folks and seeing the drastic differences where people stand on these issues or that one issue of coronavirus, I could see them not being, I could see them being a person that wouldn't normally just tattletale on people for dumb stuff and being a hall monitor. But for this one, they're like, no, this is serious. I, now, now, whenever you see somebody dumping illegal dumping, you you pretty much, you can see it. But yeah, as you've heard right. before, you've talked to witnesses, three witnesses that saw the same accident. Yeah. They all have a different description. They all but have you got to remember, view. Jared. So if somebody drives by and maybe they catch a one instance where there's a group, you know, maybe they're, you know, I mean, just, you know, I mean, maybe it was happened to me in my neighborhood. What? Picture, somebody took pictures saying there's gatherings because people are outside. Are you talking. serious, yeah. dude? But you got to remember, too, for some people, it is immediate. If they had a grandfather or an uncle, you know, Steve, we know somebody that had someone pass away from COVID-19. It's like maybe that is the like the illegal dumping. They, they saw it firsthand. They saw yeah. what it could do. But maybe or they, they know somebody see, it happened to. I'm just saying. Or they read an article on They it. drive by and they're like, look at that. They're being irresponsible. But they don't know exactly what's going on in there. Maybe it dispersed. Maybe it was a group of 10 that were leaving because you're allowed to have groups yeah. of 10. Well, so look 10 at, people came in, got a table, and they're all coming out at the same time, and the other group of 10 people are coming in. Me, That's when you drove by and you're like, look at them. They're just, there's like 20 I, people hoarded there. Well, we it's, have like a city people in the know or whatever. So you get shots all over the city of like different places that people just post and like, this is disgusting. Well, here's the thing, though. Yeah. This is, maybe this stems from a, a, the origin of the whole mess. And what I mean by that is I have never, and I'll just say it, I have never felt like the governor's orders were thoroughly explained based on all the data, all the information and everything else. And then they just kept get. it felt like this kept getting piled on, piled on, piled on. Now, if you're somebody um, who's out of work, unable for whatever reason to collect unemployment, who has not been paid since March, 
and who really wants to run a business and you're getting these orders that say, I'm sorry, you have to suck it up or go get an essential job or whatever the, the, the thing would be. Um, you're going to, I'm not saying this justifies your view, but you're going to say, screw this. This is, you know, this yeah. is, this is insane. Screw you. I'm not doing it. You know, this is all BS and that's going to polarize you in a, in a very significant way. And then the other side of the, uh, the people on the other side are going to, if one side polarizes, so does the other. Yeah. Uh, and now you've got these debates about things or these arguments or, or contentions about things that really, yeah. you know, that's going to cause somebody to want to be the homeowner. Like, screw yeah. you, dude. You're, you feel like this, so I'm going to really get you. And you feel like that. Um, is that the blitz? That might be. Almost double check. Uh, but the weird yeah. thing is it's been going on for years. Like, let's take it like a, a person that could barely pay the rent, has a couple kids, living month to month, and they lay mulch. It's like they're going to be like, I can't freaking pay all these taxes. I can't make ends meet. I'm a, oh, you want me to lay mulch for $1,000 cash instead of $1,200 check? Nah, give me that $1,000. Nobody will know about it. Like that's the men, that's the mindset you just described. Well, pre-pandemic, and it's and it's more than that. It's the same thing applied now. Like when, they're just like, well, I got no other choice. I got to do it. When desperation, I guess, breeds yeah. desperate acts, and when people start to feel desperate, I think it, it, people lash out. I've done it, right? I mean, I've I've been angry. I've walked around angry at times here in the last four or eight weeks, just thinking. Uh, this is insane or whatever it would be. And then, you know, I have to self-reflect and sort of realize, all right, uh, you know, whether whether it is or whether it isn't, I can't control it. So just back I, off. I think the only thing that's frustrating to me is is the, is the what you just said, that the changes that seem to be going day to day that are now going the opposite way. It's like, what if we didn't shut everything down but had the rules in place that we are trying to apply now? So businesses were able to keep, keep sure. operating. It might have been a little bit, you might have massaged the uh the situation a little better than just pulling the plug you and, know and, and the idea that uh, i was just talking to uh to mark satow he's been a guest and a, a friend of ours and a great lawyer but i was just talking to him about this and and the idea that that the person in charge whether you support that individual or don't support that individual the idea that that individual is not going to be subject to the same human frailties and human flaws that everybody else since the history of time has been subject to is nothing, I mean, it, it really is insane. And people often think that like, all right, well, no, no, they're just, this is the most rational person in the world relying on only science and, and only the right scientists and they're able to make the decision for everybody. But think about it. If you made a decision to shut down the economic structure of your state like DeWine did, and now uh, maybe the evidence might point a different direction or somebody has an argument that the evidence points in a different direction that you didn't need to do it. It's like, what are you going to do? Are you going to go say, uh, Let's no, just open back up. Or I was wrong. Yeah. No, mm -hmm. you, you know you're not going to. And I don't blame anybody. He's the, the, the people are human. You know, we're all subject to this notion of confirmation bias. We all tend to look at the things am, we agree with. Am I like an outlier with. in saying I wish I w I would have more respect for politicians if they did say that? Yeah, but uh, you, you know, is that political I suicide? I would be like, I would well, too. well, that's great. I mean, okay, well, look, that's fine. If, if, if you're trying to protect lives, now you're seeing different data. Let's just try to let's try to work through this. I think that would be you know, way I think better. it'd be great. Yeah, but people won't. You're right. People won't do people it. People won't do it. And and it's like we see this. I've said this a thousand times on this show and elsewhere. It's like we see it in a courtroom all the time where people believe in the scientist or the expert, and then that's later proven to be wrong. And it's like, where were these people? They were all seemingly our professional colleagues. They were rational, and they were what they were. Uh, hold on, we gotta. We might be getting looped in here. Yeah. <laughs> 
Jerry, I saw that video of you guys uh, steam cleaning the counters and everything. That's pretty cool, man. It looks, yeah. I feel yeah. safe. I want to sleep on that. Dude, thing. yesterday when I came in, I, I pulled up the store and some, you know, was storming out, blah, blah. And uh, I could see that, that Kayla, one of my girls, she was steaming the, the yeah. whole counters. Yeah. And it was a different one than the picture we saw there. And she was really cleaning them up, man. And from outside and all that steam's going, dude, and everything. And the cases are so clean, man. The glass oh, is like see-through. It's, yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, I, it looks it looks cool. It, like you said, now that right there too, though, is, is as people are walking by my store and they can see that that's going on. I hope that that makes them feel yeah. good. Yeah. Um, you know, we got a call yesterday, and they said, "Are you still doing curbside?" I, but well, we are. You know, that's not a problem. He's like, "Well, my girlfriend's, a, you know, I mean, she's got conditions and everything like that." So we put gloves on. He paid for the order over the phone, bagged it up with gloves on. Walked it out of the car. The person walked out of the car. She had a mask on, handed it to him because that's what they want. You know what I mean? We're all adults here, and that's right. that's that's how we do it. We had one customer come in, and she was wearing a mask, and she was like, that's for me. You can take it off. And the employee took it off. You know, so it's it, it, there, there, there is something there that – but now I also talked to uh, the barber's shop right down from my, my store. One of the stylists came in. And she said that this new chemical and this new regulations that they have to do is crazy. She's like, every time a customer comes in and out, we have to wipe down with bleach. She said, my eyes are getting crushed. The smell of bleach oh. in the store is out of control. And they issued some chemical. They already had like the Barbasol, you know, you see yeah. that blue stuff. They got another chemical. And she said, it's corroding my scissors. Uh, you know what's it interesting? Is, it's it's breaking down. She's like, I have. It. Well, you said chemical, and I this I this reminded me of something. You know, as I explored alcohol, and and you know, Jeff, we deal a lot of deal with a lot of alcohol related issues in our practice. I help a lot of people stop drinking. You know, we work on that a lot. And what was I didn't know until recent years is that alcohol is a fairly substantial carcinogen it, it 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 causes cancer at least creates an environment where cancer can flourish i think it, it creates like uh, inflammation and such and i'm just wondering if all these alcohol-based products on your hands using the hand sanitizer all the time uh or it's on like the other chemicals you're talking on your skin what are the collateral and what's going to be the collateral impact of that mm -hmm. and and ultimately I think we may be disappointed. We, we may not like the answer to that. You know, we may we may realize soap that soap and water, soap and water. It really, it really soap is. and water. I use more soap and water than I do any disinfectants. Yeah, I, it, that's the best way. Yeah. You know, when you use a bunch of sanitizer on your hands, what does it look like after a while? They get real. You know, I don't like it. They feel like uh, you know that feel of alcohol on your yeah. hands. All right, hold on. So, Here we go. Dial 821-9970. If you need free legal advice on Loper and Randy, better call Steve. All right, ladies and gentlemen, live from his studio downtown, it's Steve Palmer. Steve, so how's it going, man? Uh, we're just about to open up everything again. I mean, you know, you heard the governor yesterday that uh, pretty much, you know, we're rolling. What was the the exact statement, Kelly? Oh, let me read it to you. It was like mandatory or no. use some, some powerful word. Yes, it is called uh, the it is an, an urgent health advisory called Ohioans protecting Ohioans, Ooh. which basically means uh, you can travel at will and do whatever you want. But you just need to obey the social distancing and the face mask rules and the gathering rules. No more than 10 people in a space at a time. So uh, how are you feeling about that, Steve? Are you good? Well, you know. 
any time that uh, the government backs off on its uh, its its use of power, I always like it. So calling it uh, advisory or making sure that it's uh, put on us as citizens, uh, that's certainly better. You think it was getting a little dangerous? Uh, you mean the the power structure? Just, yeah, just the, I didn't, the, I didn't like the insisting of staying home. The insisting of staying home. That you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is, there's certain people out there they have to eat. I mean, they 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 don't have any other choice. If they don't go to work, they're not able to eat. They're not able to perform life the way that uh, just a, a human is. To have a house, to have shelter, to do anything like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was going to get to a point where you know what would people do? And I don't know. I was kind of getting nervous for what that point was going to be like. Yeah, I mean, this notion that we can all just stay at home indefinitely and it's just going to be better for everybody and uh, without any end date, I think, is so bad on on many levels. Yeah, for sure. So we have some uh, some questions coming in about getting their records expunged. I, they didn't say what they did or anything. It's very just a Is blank. that on a case-by-case basis or how does that work Like when you want to get your record expunged for something? It's a misdemeanor. That's what she said. Sarah. Sarah wrote that in. Yeah, generally, here's how this works. I mean, the expungement rules are really in Ohio, we call them sealing the record. And what that means is that uh, you can have your record sealed and it's as if it never happened. Certain people and entities can still break through the ceiling. Um, But uh, the rules have been much relaxed and a simple misdemeanor almost always can be sealed if it's not uh, an offense of violence like domestic violence. Uh, but generally, even if you have more than one misdemeanor now, you can get your record sealed. And we do a lot of these for people. And I think it's going to be very, very, uh, uh, it's going to be important to do this going forward as people are looking for jobs again. All right. 99700 is the uh, text line if you guys want to text in a question for Steve. All right. Someone's upset about Menards. They will not let their kids in to shop at Menards. 16 and under is not allowed or not allowed right now. Is that legal? Uh, so Menards says 16 and under is not allowed. Yeah. I, I mean, I would think that Menards can do that, and if uh, there's some violation of law there, I'm not aware of what it would be. I mean, Menards has a restaurant or a, uh, a business, and it can decide who they want to let in. Now, the market may eventually take that away. The market may say, look, uh, if I'm Lowe's, I'm going to let everybody in and go shopping because I'm going to get more business. So I, I suspect Menards may back off on that as, as the days go forward here. Uh, Taylor wrote back in, Sarah, she said it was charges for marijuana and traffic stuff, some traffic stuff. I don't know if that helps with the misdemeanor expunging, but can you Well, get that it, does. It, it does. It may be good and it may be bad. Uh, the <laughs> marijuana stuff on its on its or by itself the story is, can be sealed. Uh, the traffic <laughs> stuff, if it happened at the same time as the marijuana possession charge it may be a problem wow all right yeah, someone wrote in, can't seal traffic records in ohio someone wrote in is it the same thing as no shirt no shoes no service at a store they can they can man make that mandatory the they, someone, at least that sounds fun that no shirt no shoes no service it's like a little game it's a song but like you know no face mask it rhymes with nothing at all it, it's <laughs> not fun it's just aggressive and, <laughs> and no one's having a good time it sucks but they always could never you didn't have to serve someone if they were not wearing a shirt or shoes right like, like fast times at Ridgemont High but that's, that's yeah. legit right that's like a law yeah you're yeah you're definitely allowed to enforce that correct Steve well you're talking about two there's two different things going on I mean one is what can the government mandate through a regulatory scheme or a law actually passed by the General Assembly or what can you do as a private business owner to run your own business so if you're a business and you want to make it so you're not going to serve people who aren't wearing masks or let's flip it around who are wearing masks uh, I think you have the right to do that now if if you're doing that 
uh, and it's contrary to what people want, I mean, you're going to go out of business. Right. Just got a text in. Uh, Rick, you fielded the text. What did uh, what did the person say? Yeah, Steve, we had a caller wanted to know, is it legal for a business to refuse to accept cash? Is it legal for a business to refuse to accept cash? I don't think so. Um, I think a business can accept or doesn't have to accept cash if they don't want to. Uh, but again, uh, you know, they may lose business because of that. And there may be uh, ultimately a problem that emerges with uh, if they're accused of discriminating or if somebody wants to pay cash. And, you know, but just on its face, I don't think that refusing to accept cash is a problem. All right, cool. A couple of more texts here. All right. So if a small business owner had to shut down from COVID-19 and then receive the small business loan from the government to help pay their employees, but they didn't pay them and wants to reopen without paying them because they don't have enough money, but the employees can earn tips. What should the employees do in this situation? Well, the loan is on the business, not the employees. And if somebody got what I think they're talking about is the PPP loan, the payroll protection plan loan. And, you know, that if the business has that loan and wants to have it forgiven, they have to use it for payroll and a limited other set of uh, expenses. And if they don't in the eight week period that they're required to use it, then it's not forgiven. Now, I think what the question here is, is the employee entitled based on the fact that the employer got the loan to get paid? And uh, I don't think so. I mean, if the employer's not paying them, uh, they can just choose not to work or, or, or quit. But just because they got the loan doesn't mean they have to use it. And, and often, I think there are a lot of businesses can't use the loan because of some of the requirements that are placed on it uh, to make it forgivable. So there, there's a lot more to those loans than people realize. And there's a lot of problems that businesses are facing trying to use them. All right. So more things getting sealed. Can you get an OVI sealed? No. Can't get an that, OVI that's sealed. An easy one. All right. Someone said they've got they've seen domestic violence sealed before. Ah, uh, you know, generally not. Uh, in years in years past, sometimes courts will just do it. But a lot of times, even if a court signs the order, it'll get sent off to other authorities and they won't recognize the order. All right. Another sealed question. If my record's sealed, does that mean I have to tell an employer on a job application or no, since it's sealed? All right. Classic lawyer answer. It all depends. <laughs> if you're applying for a job, say, with a government entity that requires certain security, or say it's a teaching job, uh, you can be asked to disclose even things that have been sealed. And it happens all the time. And in fact, if you really dig into these rules, uh, the exceptions to the sealing uh, provisions almost outweigh the rule itself. All right, my man, Steve Palmer, we are out of time. It's always awesome to have you on the show. But if uh, they go to the Blitz website, they can catch up with your podcast. They can get a hold of you. And if they, if they have to call you right now, they just cannot wait. How do they get in touch with you, Steve? It's real simple. 614-224-6142, OhioLegalDefense.com, or you can check out our podcast at uh, LawyerTalkPodcast.com. All right, perfect, man. We'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks. Those are good answers. Yeah, you know, we... Uh, I, I thought cash was king. It's as good as money. There's a lot of places that I've seen that are that are just only accepting... I mean, we weren't accepting cash during uh, the... Uh, when we had curbside. Because uh, we were doing, we were trying to reduce our contact to as sense. low as possible. That yeah. we were only, we were only paying on the phone, online, and that was, you know, that was the deal right there. Down to a receipt, if they wanted a receipt, we emailed it to them. See, I, I, I went to a restaurant like to just curbside pick up some local place, and it surprised me that they like I paid over the phone, do all that, but then they come out with a clipboard and they have you sign with their pen. 
Well, no, a lot of, a lot of places, though, are like uh, they're giving you a pen that they've recently sent or just sanitized. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it was all switching that. It out. But then they're wearing gloves. Yeah, yeah, like he's looking like. They're wearing gloves, you know, so they, it was like. It's the best when they're pulling their mask on as they're exiting. <laughs> I see that all the time. <laughs> yeah. I, I, even around the office, like you guys are wearing masks. Um, when, yeah, yeah. When, when people, I, I've watched and there's a lot of facial adjust or touching yeah. things going on. And uh, I guess I get, I, I'm not just saying masks are bad. You shouldn't wear them. I'm not saying masks are the end all be all. You should wear them. I think people should just understand that there's ups or there's, there's pros and cons to it. And it's not always going to be perfect. And it's not always going to be a worse thing in the world if you're not wearing it. That's my two cents. Silence. I like the mask. I mean, I, I'm, I'm hoping to cover up my forehead, and I'm, I just want my eyes to show from here on out. Yeah. The new normal, as they keep saying. No. Well, I forget where we were when we started uh, before the blitz. Before we're talking you go about there. spraying down and using all corroding the uh, scissors and all that. Yeah. Let's before we go back to that, um, we should probably at least discuss some of these calls. Yeah, I was going to say there's a lot of calls on expungements. That yeah. was like the whole kind of run there. Yeah. And is that because people are, like you said, are going to be looking for jobs? I, I think there's going to be a lot of that. And, and generally, here's how it works. If you have a, if you have a record of, of convictions, uh, Ohio, again, we talk about sealing our record. We don't talk about expunging it. And, you know, what's the difference? Well, if you think expunge, it's like destroy it, shred it, it's gone forever. Sealing, just think like somebody takes it, sticks it in a safe, and only a few people theoretically have the combination to the safe. And you're one of them. And there are times when you're obligated to disclose even uh, sealed records. And there are times, even if you don't disclose it, uh, others can get to it. And uh, say the best example is the bar exam. Or when I filed uh, to take the bar exam, uh, they ask you, uh, have you had any criminal convictions? Include anything that has been sealed, expunged, or some whatever the term would be in the state you live. Um, and I'm sure it's like that for almost anything that has a license. Um, I know school teachers, uh, I know government uh, security folks, police officers, et cetera. You're always going to have to disclose those things. And it gets really weird because when you're asked, you get, say you just had your record sealed, you had your drug case or whatever it was, and then you go to work at Walmart and they give you an application and they say, have you ever been convicted of a crime? Uh, we get these questions all the time I, when they, somebody says, well, look, you helped me seal my record a year ago. What do I have to answer? And it feels really weird to say no. But the law in Ohio does, in fact, say you can treat it, quote, as if it never happened. So you can say no. Now, here's the problem. If you say no in today's day and age, it is not out of the realm of reality that somebody online will be able to find it anyway because there's these online employment uh, the companies that actually work directly with employers. If it's somebody big like Walmart, it's probably some company out of California or whatever. Yeah. And uh, not necessarily an Ohio-based company that, I mean, these records went out at some point and now you have a ceiling granted and everybody's trying to pull them back or yep. close the door on them, so to speak. It's hard in our world with the internet to, you know, stop that disbursement of that record. It is. So, you know, I've had a number of people out of state do have that happen. So we get it sealed in Ohio. I, there's no record of it. Nobody will talk to me at the clerk's office about it because it's sealed. It does not exist anymore. It's not online. You talk to lo local law enforcement. It's not there. But he moved to California and applied to some bank. And they're like, no, we see you on this date and this time you got convicted of this. Yeah. And I'm just like, like um, I've done everything in my power to seal that under the law. 
So as a practice strategy, so if you're an attorney out there starting out doing criminal defense work, this might be of interest to you as a practice strategy. What we do in-house is, well, here, here's our process. Uh, we'll get the documents or we'll get the record sealed. And then I always make a copy of everything in the file, the public file, before we seal it. Then we get several copies of a certified entry that says the records have been sealed uh, and they, the entry itself talks about this. Um, and we give one to our client, uh, we scan it and we save it electronically and we try to keep a hard copy as long as we can. So we have something certified that says it's been sealed because as you said, Jeff, you try to go back later, it's, it, you they don't want to give it to talk you. To you. Yeah, it's, it yeah. doesn't exist. But here's where, here's where the magic is. You, you, there are certain popular reporting places online that tend to gather up all these records and then share them with their clients like employers. We send out notices to those folks, the biggest ones, and we ask them, we include the entry and we say, look, this has been sealed. Please take it off, take it down. Now that doesn't mean, now here's the, the final step. This is a, the important part as you deal with your clients. And that is, um, and this isn't just to protect the lawyers, but it's to tell the client what's up. It's like, look, we are going to send this to the places that we know. And we're going to do our best to make sure that they take the records down. Uh, but you may end up in California and some bank, like Jeff just said, is going to see it. And here's how you deal with that. Um, you call us. We will forward a copy of the entry to whatever uh, employer you have. And then we're going to try to figure out where they found it and send it to that place, too. And that's about the best we can do. You can't. Right. You can't. But it always gets dicey now because you said no. You said no. So are they going to look at you like, oh, well, if you just told us, we don't really care. This is where I like to turn the potential negative into yeah. the huge positive, where sometimes it makes sense to go have a private conversation with the human relation or human resources, human, human resources yeah. folks and say, look, I want to say no to this because under Ohio law, I was convicted of blah, blah, blah when I was 18 years old and it's been sealed. Um, and But I'm worried that if you find it, I look like a liar. So here's what I'm going to disclose. Now, that's going to depend a lot on, one, whether you think that will ruin your chances for a job. It's really your uh, call. Which yeah. it might. And then, two, how how big of risk <clears throat> do you want to take? Because it is always worse, I think, to be – maybe not always, but it is often worse uh, to be exposed as a liar, or at least your perceived liar. Right. So – you know, but it's easy when you come to certain. We'll have like nurses or even people in like medical school or like, and they'll call and it's like, dude, disclose, just disclose, tell man. Them. Yeah, yep. tell like, them and say it's been expunged. They won't take, they won't take your license away for it. You know what I mean? Or they won't keep you from, from being a lawyer for it. Just disclose it, and you look, you know. Yeah, and you remember probably Steve disclosing not because I had a lot of speeding tickets when I was a kid, and I lived in Illinois, I lived in Iowa, I lived in Michigan before living in Ohio, just when I was going through my undergraduate and my law school career. I had speed, because I'd drive, I, I had dated a woman at the time that lived in Kansas and that I met in, that I met in college. And dude, it's like, I had speeding tickets all over the country. You know what I mean? So it was like, you remember you had to disclose like the entry you know what I mean? Like the entry for the, for the, uh, for the conviction. So I was like calling like mayor's courts and like, you know what I mean? Like in Indiana and stuff and being like, Hey, I got this ticket. Could you remember how many tickets you I had? Could, I, I disclosed all I could. I remember in my interview, yes, it was 11 years. I think 11, my 11 year anniversary was yesterday, I think for being a lawyer. And, uh, so this was like 11 years ago when I like, you have to sit down with people that have, that are already lawyers in Ohio and they like interview you to make sure it's called character and fitness. And they were all over me. They're like, you have more speeding tickets than anybody we've ever interviewed. <laughs> I'm like, well, I mean, there's speeding tickets. You know what I mean? 
Uh, yeah, so it's it's hard. I forgot that I got arrested for underage drinking. Where? It was here in Ohio. Because I remember when I first met Steve, he had looked up my record or something. He was like, I see you got busted for underage drinking. I was like, that wasn't me. <laughs> I didn't do that. And I remember I was like at the house going through an old memory box or something. You know what I mean? And I was like, ah, just going through stuff. And I found the, the court paperwork. And I was like this, oh, that's right, I did, but I'd forgot. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? crazy. How did you forget that? It happens. That's a pretty big thing to forget. Yeah. But, I, but then once but I if read it, drinking, did you actually get arrested? Well, it was at uh, Players Amphitheaters at the concert there. I was 18. And, um, did they sit, just give you a ticket? And well, Yeah, I was sitting there. I actually had my little brother with me. It was his birthday. He was, uh, so he's probably like 12 years old or whatever, you know, uh, 12, 13 years old take him to Aerosmith and uh we're sitting pulled up there I was in my 1979 k5 blazer pull up there got the cooler in the back had another cook that were uh, with, that came with us that worked at a uh, New Albany country club and uh, I crack a beer sitting there sipping on it this guy comes up he's got looks kind of like a biker he's got an earring on man like a Harley denim jacket and he's like hey man you got a light I was like yeah so I handed my lighter and then he was like, pulled out his, this chain from underneath his shirt with his badge. And he said, how about an ID? And I was like, oh, oh you're going to play that I game. I was like, I've got an ID. And I gave him my ID. And he's like, well, that's funny. His ID right here doesn't say you're 21. And he was like, who else is drinking beer? And I was the only one with a beer in my hand. And then they started going with my brother. And I had like a case of beer. And they were like, so nobody else is drinking this beer. I was like, nobody else is drinking this beer. He's like, you're going to drink all of this beer. By yourself oh, no i was Throw like some of them in the car i was like not right now <laughs> you know what i mean i mean but eventually i was hoping to drink all of it and uh he was like if you're cool just be cool and you can see the show so then he walked me to his place in his parking lot they had a tent yeah and yeah, uh yeah. they i remember they had they had to take evidence so they opened up a little container poured some of the beer in it and then screwed the lid on it i was like really like you know so they could send it off to make sure that there was the beer oh yeah and then they i remember i got i was kind of upset because they took my cooler and I like that cooler. I was like, can I have my cooler back? And they're like, no, that's evidence. I was like, really? <laughs> and he was like, yeah. So then I went back to the car and my brother was sitting there and he was so scared because he was young. You know what I mean? He was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I was like, hey man, let's go to the show. And so we went into the show and uh, then I had to, it was in Delaware. And I, I, I don't know what I did. I didn't, I didn't get any representation. Yeah. I went up there. I think I just pleaded no contest. Yeah, you probably just pleaded no contest. I went to the Indy 500 with my wife and some bunch of law school friends, and uh, I, there was a judge under it in a tent doing arraignments. Oh, like, really? Sitting there, yeah. like they're bringing people through. They're like drunk and disorderly. Like, all right, you got a bond, or they're taking some people into custody, and you got to leave the premises. Like it was crazy. Well, as as we're opening up again, this is a good relevant conversation to happen. I mean, Ohio State's coming. This is I call these Red Cup Saturdays, right? Everybody goes to. Yeah. So, what do you think? Do you think they'll just open the school full blown? I don't know. I mean, how do you open a campus like that and say everybody can't be in group more than groups of ten? That's I, a whole mess right be. there. I mean, there's so many. You know, I, and if he's going to cite private citizens, as you said. Well, I mean, he that was a threat. I don't know if they will. Well, then he but, backs off and calls them and calls them uh, like uh, suggestions or whatever the whatever the term is. I mean. Uh, and I wonder if he did that, he being DeWine, I wonder if the, the if that was premised upon some concern that there was a lawsuit coming or somebody was, uh, these challenges are starting to happen around the country where governors, are, their authority is being questioned uh, from a constitutional standpoint. And this is what I want to get to. This is the, the question we were getting on my Facebook post about how and why that works. And 
you know, it's it, 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 we were talking about Mark Sattel in a conversation I had with him, and, and one of the things we've discussed is this notion that uh, an emergency order is an emergency, and the idea behind it in theory is we don't have time to actually convene the General Assembly or Congress, debate this in the legislation or through the legislative process, and let them promulgate a law. And because we don't have time, we need to give certain uh, very extraordinary emergency powers to the executive branch in the, in the states, that would be the governor and the federal system, that's the president, uh, to act and act quickly and act decisively. And, you know, there are certain acts of Congress over the years that have uh, granted authority. There are certain um, uh, uh, there's certain emergency powers that have been upheld that we'll get to in a second. But the idea is it's an emergency. All right. So what about 60, uh, 120 days into it? Is it still an emergency from the in from the standpoint, Jeff, that Congress no longer has time to act, or Congress still doesn't have time to act? They still don't have oh, time to debate saying. it. They still don't yeah. have time to go back and sort of uh, justify it. And you know, it's interesting. It's an interesting exploration of human behavior to me. Yeah, if we break it down like simply, it's almost like um, when somebody gets like um, a cust- an emergency custody order. Yep. But they set the hearing very quickly you know yeah. or for a protection order maybe you need a protection order somebody stay away from you they'll serve you and they'll set the hearing within like five days because it's an emergency and we need to have a court preside over it and determine what's the right thing to do that's an interesting point you're well making. it's an emergency and we're going to deprive you of your liberty in a way because like on the no the, st- the thing you're talking about is we're going to take your kid away right and or we're going to put a we're going to put a restraining order on you so you can't go certain places or be around certain people and we're going to do that as an emergency in the short term but in the long term, we have to have a hearing in due process. This so is imagine similar, taking your kid away and saying, oh, we couldn't have a hearing for 120 days. Well, you know, it's still an emergency. Why? Because I say so. Now, here's the here's the, where the human behavior yeah. part comes into it. If you're a governor, say, let's take Michigan. What's her name up there? Um, I forget. I forget her name. Uh, but she's up there, and she is basically, her response to this was, I don't want to politicize this. That's why I don't want it to go to the General Assembly or Congress. You know, it's an emergency, and I, I don't want to politicize this. Now, how arrogant is that to to think that your version of of the fix is the is the right one, and it's not subject to any rational legislative debate, such that you don't want to quote politicize it. Uh, it's a complete uh, snubbing of the of the separation of powers, and I'm not even blaming her personally. I think it's human nature, right? So if you're the very notion of separation of powers is to protect us from one of the branches of government. So if one of the branches starts to uh, go awry or push too far, then another branch uh, can step in and say, uh-uh, check, check, you can't do that, mm. here's why. So the governor says, emergency, I'm gonna do all these things that are gonna impact people's liberty in an enormous way, the right to travel, the right to assemble, the right to, to engage in commerce, all these things. And that's okay because it's an emergency, we can do it. And then, like in Ohio, they they have passed. I don't think it's been. An, it's not finalized, but they tried to pass this thing or this uh, bill that said, "All right, if you're going to continue the emergency, you got to come talk to us every 14 days, right? Because we want to have some congressional yeah. insight into this." Now, uh, people on the one side would say, "Well, that's just crap. That's just political." People on the other side would say, "No, that's separation of powers at work because now we have time. Now yeah. we have time. We can we can we can employ the legislative process where the people can vote." where the people can have input, where there are other viewpoints to the solutions that may be relevant that you didn't have time to consider now, maybe you have time to consider. 
Mm. And think about the human aspect of this when a governor doesn't like that. Like you'd have to ask why not. All right, why not? Why don't you like this? Why don't you want somebody else uh, chiming in on the problem? And you know, you would think you would because even if you feel strongly about the virus and what people should be doing and not protesting and staying at home and being quarantined, politically you're kind of protected. But in, you know in, what I mean? Like if somebody steps in and says, "No, we're not going to do that." This is a check and balance, and we're checking you. Yeah, it's it, like you almost be like, "Well, I tried." So when we you do know? our focus groups for preparing for trial, one of the biggest things that we, one of the biggest hurdles I, I encounter when I talk to other folks, other trial attorneys about doing focus groups is their ego and mine included. You know, you, you don't want to go in and say, I, I'm wrong about my theory of this case because I know, darn it, I have been doing this 25 years and I know better. And then we go into a focus group and we find out that we couldn't have been more 180 degrees in the mm -hmm. wrong direction. You know, it's like mm -hmm. you, we were totally wrong. Jared, you've experienced that, man. The focus. Sitting group in those yeah. focus groups. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Where you just totally I wrong. I you're talking about my ego. Yeah. Well, we <laughs> oh, all no, do. No. Right? Yeah, no. Which we all yeah. have, but. We all have it. Nobody yeah. wants to be told they're wrong. And then if you're, if you've, uh, if you've usurped this power, or you, I don't know, that's a bad word, or if you've, if you've exercised this power that you're not used to having because you generally don't, because it's an emergency and you just get so used to making the rules and saying, this is how it's going to be. I'm dealing with the experts that know what they're talking about. I don't need any more input. Uh, I got it. You know, Trust I me. I didn't think about that point of view. You yeah. almost want to shut down and then convene everyone. You and know then, what I mean? And to say, all right, let's talk this through. Let's what debate we? it. And yeah. when, when people want to shut up the debate, I get real skeptical and I get real concerned. And then you wonder, has it become about the power or is it really about uh, something else, or do they just think they, maybe it could just be, they just are sure they're right. Well, how many times have we been sure you're right about anything? If like think everybody think for a second, the last time that you were absolutely 100% positive, you were right. And then it turns out you couldn't have been more wrong. Uh, and it just feels like the floor in front of you has opened yeah. up and you just want to fall in and die. You know, it's like that feeling of total, like, Oh, I've been pounding the table, arguing with these people. And it turns out I just was 100% wrong. And you're just like, well, that feels horrible. Um, nobody likes that. So you know, it's it becomes this it becomes this human problem that the founders uh, went to great lengths to avoid, and they did that by putting checks and balances because yeah. power tends to corrupt, and, it, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And that's what they're saying. You don't have to be a bad person. It just happens. It's human nature. I think you said it before, Jeff. You were had a, some a client. And they didn't tell you everything, you know what I mean? So you're up there backing him and backing him oh, and then in the middle and then, then yeah. something comes out and you're like, oh, really? I you're did. like, man, dude, yeah. I, I wish you'd have told me that because then I would have gone a different route. I was sitting up here preaching and pounding and if you'd have let me know that, you didn't yeah. tell me that. Why so didn't you shaggy tell me that? moments. She caught me in the shower. It wasn't me. It wasn't, it wasn't me. me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's not, it's not a, a diss on anybody in particular. It's a diss on humans. You know, we're imperfect creatures. We don't have all the answers all the time. And often we think we do and we're wrong. And there's another viewpoint out there we just haven't explored. And maybe our training and experience as trial lawyers uh, gives us a little bit more insight than most people have because – you know, you want to go test yourself, stand in front of a, stand in a courtroom and argue where, yeah. where people want to cut your throat. Yeah. You know, it's like, you'll get tested real fast. And it, you, you just sort of realize you cannot ignore all the other possibilities 
and just say, damn the torpedoes, I'm going forward on this. And don't tell me I can't because I'm the governor and it's still an emergency and I don't want to, I don't want to politicize this. Now when, I stopped listening. Do you still listen every day, Jared, to De- DeWine? I, I kind of stopped. Okay. Uh, I don't know yeah, his demeanor. Past, I, mean, I mean, he I, wasn't delivering it. Like I, I listened to some of it yesterday. I think mean, like I missed one here and there. Did but, you uh, see they said you have to quarantine if you go out of the state for 14 days? No, they removed that. Oh, he removed it. Yeah, okay. they removed that. Okay. that. That was the deal. Like if okay. you came in from out of town, you had to be quarantined. Like if you went on vacation, you came back, you're supposed to quarantine yourself. But they've lifted that. Ah, uh, I got you. And they've kind of now, right. now everything is, is what he's saying is just on this is our recommendations. Well, it's the weird thing is like now there's county offices like Licking County, Franklin County, Delaware County. I know those specific. If you look on their websites, you can't come in the building without a mask on. Yeah. So that's interesting because that's local county. And, you know, well, that's another thing he did say. This isn't, that's not, not Costco. That, that was another thing he did say is that whenever they, they started the questioning and uh, he was like each individual health department, if they see a risk or something, they can imply that. Because uh, he, he got asked the question about, you know, can different counties do different things? You know, I mean, you said this is this for everybody is and then he kind of broke it down to where the local health departments are going to have a, a, a run at it. There's going to be some there's going to be some arguments here, probably well, some disorderly conducts and stuff like the governor said, I don't have to freaking wear a mask. I'm not wearing a mask. It's going you know to be I mean? and I, I tip my hat to the governor for actually backing off on this, because I think he sort of realized that this is a dangerous path. When you start issuing orders as the executive, uh, there there is there's not much limit to it. If you just you can always redefine what the emergency is and give yourself unlimited power. And, you know, to back off like this, he safe face a little bit by by, by changing it, but and he doesn't have to explain himself either. I just, I, I sort of appreciate that he did that. Um, you know, there's um, the Supreme Court of the United States has talked about, at least a, a, they've talked about both federal and state emergency powers. And one of the, it's, there's, I'll, read you, I'll read you a quote. And this was a quote, they were talking about what exercise of emergency powers when you take it to its furthest extreme this notion that, uh, you know, at some point the emergency is going to pass and then what are you left with? And, and this is a really interesting quote. It says, the principle then lies about like a loaded weapon, the principle being emergency power. Uh, it lies about like a loaded weapon ready for the hand of any authority that can bring forward a plausible claim of an urgent need. Uh, so once you take emergency power, even when the emergency is passed and you've given it back, it's still there for somebody else to come and pick up and use in some other way. And uh, it's interesting because that was Justice uh, Robert Jackson dissenting, mind you, in uh, the Korematsu versus United States case. That was the Japanese internments in World War II in 1944, uh, where the U.S. Supreme Court upheld FDR's emergency power to basically go arrest uh, United States citizens uh, who looked Japanese and put them in jail. And, uh, you know, that was a... That was a huge use, an extreme use of emergency powers, and I think it exemplifies anybody would say now, looking back, and, and by the way, the, the court recently, uh, through dicta anyway, said we're not going to follow that rule anymore. Um, but And that was in the, uh, the Trump travel ban for Muslims case. Uh, they actually upheld the case. They upheld it, uh, but they, they did it in a way that, uh, that they didn't specifically overrule it, but they did overrule it. Um, it's, it's sort of an interesting, interesting, um, consideration 
of the extreme use of emergency powers and what it really leads to and what it can lead to and how dangerous it can get. And everybody would say that that is a horrible decision. That was a horrible thing to do in 1944. Um, and FDR did it. Uh, I guess looking back, now what is it, as they're saying, now what are we creating in the future? What loaded weapon is sitting around for governors, executives around the country to pick up and use at any plausible claim of urgency. That's that's sort of the that's sort of the problem. And this is what I always say. It's like beware, man, because just because your person in charge is doing all this stuff that you agree with, uh, they're taking powers that they shouldn't in order to get it done. Well, you know, then somebody like uh, the next guy is going to come around, and the next guy is going to come around. They're going to use that same power not only to reverse what you just did, but make it worse and do something you hate. Um, and that's the, the this is why I get so uptight about uh, these kind of things. And it's not to say I don't agree that we should all be safe. That's not what I'm saying. I agree that we should all be safe, but I think eventually the pandemic passes, and what are we left with? So. Mm-hmm. So on these, were you in any of these photos that were taken in your neighborhood? Uh, I don't think so. But you could have been. I mean, I've talked to my neighbors and stuff like that. We try to do the social distancing thing. Um, it's hard with the kids. You know, the kids just want to play together. I got a lot of young kids in my neighborhood that are my daughter's ages. Um, so I don't think so. But I know it was going around the people in the know or whatever that, you know, there's gatherings on this street this time. You know what I mean? I, I It's gotten worse. I mean, now we have this order that's probably going to loosen things up. But as the weeks went on, I mean, it got worse. People were just getting stir crazy and having to want to interact with people. And see, I've wondered about that. Like, I couldn't imagine if I lived in an apartment, like, you know, a stacked, like, you know, I mean, a yeah. small apartment or a group, an area there to really get a, it just would be very difficult for me. Yeah. I mean, at least I've got some room. You know what I mean? I've got I've got things to do. I got my garden going on. I've got you know I've got things yeah. to do. I spent the weekend doing that. You know, yeah. so you know, and that's that's great. I'm sure that uh, I bet a lot of people are are, are stepping up their gardening and doing yeah. stuff around their house. Yeah. But if you don't have an area to have a garden, right? If you don't, you know, I mean, the only thing, yeah. like you said, you will be going stir crazy. If you only the only yeah. thing you could do before was go to that park that's in within walking distance of your house. Yeah. You know, you live in a one bedroom, two bedroom, you got these kids and, and, and so does your neighbor and that neighbor and that neighbor. I mean, think about some of these complexes. Oh yeah. I mean, I've lived in apartments before. Or going over to the park was the thing, you know, walk over just play on the swing set and stuff like that. Cause maybe you don't have a swing set or a space for a swing set, you know? Yes. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, we all got to be thankful that we have what we have. You know, I, my daughter was reading a book the other night, man. It almost brought tears to my eyes to hear it. Frankly, I'm a crybaby. It did bring tears to my eyes to hear it, but there was this boy in it. And they said, is that glass of water half empty or half full? And he said, I I'm just glad I got a glass. It's like, dude, that hit home with me. Like, there's people out there that they, we're not even answering that question. We're just glad we have a glass. Yeah, you know no, I mean? that's, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Well, what was this book? I mean, was this like a school oh, book or something? Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, like a little for, kid's for, book. For, yeah, it just had little, little quips. How was the schooling going with you? Hard, man. Really hard. Just, they, they just... If you have a bunch of kids sitting around a classroom and they tell them to do a writing assignment and they're watching their peers do the writing assignment and giggling and laughing about what they're writing about and hey, stay focused. Okay. You know what I mean? It's a lot easier than dad saying, you got to write five sentences on your favorite animal. And it's oh, I don't want to do it. Like, no, come on. It's just like, we can argue about it for an hour and a half or you can just sit down and just do it. And it's just like struggle to get them to get the first word in, you know, it's just, ugh. It's hard, and, and I, I feel for them. You know, I feel for all the kids that are at home trying to do that. And then 
but they and go back to glass half full, glass half empty, just having to have a glass. There's probably a lot of parents out there that don't care or are busy with their job or they're trying to find money to make sure there's food on the table and they're just leaving them yeah. to their own means. Do you have a good switch? Nintendo switch? No, oh, like, the, a, like a whip. I don't have a good whip. Yeah. So the first, the first yeah. feedback you get like that, just right across the knuckles, man, it stops it immediately. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I talked with Burton. He came over and was helping me with some decals at my store and, uh, He's got five kids and they're oh, like, yeah. they're like from one to 15. I think it is. He's got his hands full. And, and he's talking about the schooling. He's like, man, he's like, now my boy, he said, he gets up early, knocks everything out. Cause that way he's done. He, he's done and go play. Yeah. He was like, now one of his daughters, he's like this, he's getting calls from the T you know, he asked, did you, did you do all, got it all done, got all the work done. Yep. And, yeah. and then find out from the teachers or emailing. And he's like, and sometimes he's like, they'll contact you. Like the teachers won't go over a plan with you. He's like, but they won't tell you. He's like, I'll get a text at 8.30 in the morning. They're saying at 9 o'clock, got to get on the Skype meeting or whatever, you know? And he's like, I had a job scheduled, you know, because right. he does. Yeah. And, and he was like, he's like, you miss him and you don't get it. And he's like, man, it's difficult. And then I, he's, they're up there in Big Walnut. Yeah. And he said, well, they're, they're talking about opening up for two days. He was like, what the hell is two days? Yeah, two that's days. what, what Hillary's talking about. Yeah, he said, he's staggered. So you do two each. So it splits the first grade in two and everybody goes for two days. The rest of the e-learning is at home. That's what they're thinking about doing next year. Oh, we used to have morning and afternoon. So there's, less, I remember that. So there's less people there. But I mean, I have a friend that's, that's, what he said. I have a, friend he, that's he a teacher said, in a jurisdiction where some of the kids don't have Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, what do you do in that scenario? I can't do a Zoom call. I can't submit my assignment. I don't have Wi-Fi. No, it's uh, it's a mess. And I don't think... Well, and think about the college kids, because I heard now that they're wanting their money back. And, and one reporter said they feel that they're not they're not getting the college experience that they expected. Well, yes, they are not. I don't think they should have. I think they should get their money back. I'm with you, man. Um, I've heard some people say that they're working harder than they had to work before because they're turning like an in-class assignment that you might do into. All right. Read all this. And then you submit and it. It, it just the workload has gotten bigger because you're doing more of it where you would be doing it in a classroom setting and be done. And then, you know, I mean, I'm sure that you're, you're going to lose a lot. You're going to lose learning with your peers. Oh, I mean, yeah. think about that too. Think about some upper class, you know, I mean, some Ivy league, you know, schools where you become a doctor and this guy becomes an accountant and this guy becomes the, you know, the surgeon general, you know what I mean? Down to it, to the, the teammates yeah. and, and the things that get passed on through there and the knowledge, that you know, and the friendships that you build in there. A lot of times those people step up into positions right. to where they, you know, now you get, that's kind of cut out. Right. Um, maybe well, think even, about all the even on the learning to where you had your mindset in one way. And then after hearing or talking to some other people, you see it in a different different way. Well, yeah, I mean, and what you're talking about is, I, I always say this, I was educated as much in the dorms as I was in a classroom, you know, as much in the, as much in the car driving around my buddies as I was in a classroom, because that is where you had exactly what you're talking about, this debate about stuff, just conversations or arguments. Or, or you find the guy that's happy to have a glass. Well, think about, think about glass, careers. Yeah. Let's say you're a chemist. You're working in a lab with other people. I don't know how they're doing that. What, how, how would you do that? Labs? What if you're in law school right now? It's like a lot of what I learned and a lot of my anxiety and stress of being a lawyer was, I better get this reading assignment done because this dude's just going to come in and pick somebody. Like, tell me what that says. Socratic method. It's like, you can't 
well, you can't do that. Is there that like now. a little button on Zoom that's yeah. like that, <laughs> you know that fakes I mean? a bad connection? Nah. So, all right, right. Mr. Lynn, you right. please stand and deliver the yeah. argument of the case. It's it's like, <laughs> I mean, I can't think of all the all the careers, but there's got to be a ton of careers that are going to require marketing and sales and you know different things like that. If that you're in a lecture hall, you got to you got to think that you're going to be more apt to really concentrating on that. Oh yeah. Then if you're watching a lecture on the screen and the bird flies by over there, or your neighbors out there, or yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. there's it's, a lot of side distractions. To whereas when you're in the classroom, you know that is kind of there to funnel your mind yeah. to to get a fuller education than with all the other distractions that are around. So if you were going to a school, which I see this is going to hurt a lot of the big schools. I got a feeling that wouldn't you think that people aren't going to be able to go to Iowa to go to school? They're going to stay here and go to Columbus State. I'd have to Maybe. say a lot of the community colleges yeah. are going to pick up, and people are going to choose community college over going out because a they're staying at home now, or they couldn't sure. go out, or you know they now everybody's got a financial risk at their mind to where they were like, I thought that I could pay for my kid to go to Iowa. But I think that it's better bet if you just stay here and, and go to community right. community college. No, I think you're going to see a lot yeah. of a of restructuring of how that works, and and it may not all that may not all be a bad thing. I don't know, uh, but it, I think it's in the what what online schooling is is it probably works for maybe the the middle curve, and there's probably some people that it just will never work for, and you know it's unlike maybe you could flip that around in the uh, you know, most people, or I guess I'm trying to think how I can say this. If you're in a classroom, I think you're going to, you're going to reach the kids who will be easily distracted through the doing it at home. Like I could never, ever I, look, I was not a great student anyway, but if I would have oh, had to be man. at home on my own devices, but no pun intended to, to, to actually log in and do stuff, yeah. I would have done zero zippity doodah. Sometimes I would show up at school, not even knowing that I had homework due realize that when I saw other kids handing it in, I could do it real fast while it reached my row. You know, it's like, you don't get that. You just, I just wouldn't have handed it. I wouldn't even have known. Yeah. It would have been like, I, I would have needed like an assistant. I mean, what's odd, like what we've talked, we spent a lot of time talking about like this democratic socialism and stuff like that. And like giving, you know, paying for school, paying for this. It's like the world now that what has happened, it's like when you talk about stimulus, that has been paid all the unemployment that's been paid. Like if a Bernie Sanders stepped in there now, and again, I'm not trying to make this political, but where's the money to pay for all this now? I mean, now we're behind the, the millionaires. Anyway. Yeah, the you the millionaires. They two, take too much money. Two they take months, it all? everybody's bankrupt. I mean, I forget the exact number, but I think I showed it to you. I showed it to somebody once there. It was like Ohio had a surplus, you know, in the millions. And now we're got a negative number in the billions. And that all happened in two months. And that's like with these schools here, if they accepted the student loan, I don't think the government should pay it back. I think the, the colleges should give the money back. I think they should, you know what I mean? It's like if, if you took out I mean, a it's loan. It's an interesting point, though. If I wanted the classroom experience and I paid, you know, I'm coming out with $100,000 in student loans <laughs> yeah. and I had to do it all online. It, do it it seems home. like, well, it's I should have like done should, DeVry. I should, yeah, I should have gone to Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I should have got my online education there. Yeah. To, you know what I mean? To, to well, where, what's the difference now? And, yeah. and you're going to find that people are, institutions like that are going to quickly realize that they are, they can't just dictate what they've been dictating. So, you know, the, the, the tuitions, et cetera, have gone really high to go show up at yeah. school. And now they're just not going to be able to because, you know, the online education, I don't think quite took over and I don't think it ever would have uh, absent something like what we're dealing with. I mean, it's just not the same. It's not as good. People didn't look at it the same or 
Uh, and it might have been even better for some, but worse. But anyway, the perception, I think, was that it was somehow inferior. Now I don't think they're going to be uh, as inferior. People aren't going to look at it as inferior. It's like, no. oh, you had to do that. So to- why would I pay that much? But then, the, so if you got a family or you want to have a family and you decide to build a house or buy a house in a place where the tax is a little bit higher, but you believe in the schools. That's why you went there. You wanted these good schools and you're willing to pay more in tax. And now your kids can go there for two days a week and you're, you're responsible for four days a week. Yeah. And it's like, well, why, why did I come here? You know what yeah. I mean? Now, you know what I mean? mean, I'll say this. I, gotta, I don't know. They bought it. They got a gymnasium and a pool that they can't use. You know what I mean? I went there for this great school. Right, right. And, and now they can't use it. Like New Albany, they got a swimming pool. They've got, you know what I mean? How are they going to utilize these, these programs here? Yeah. I mean, I will say this. And Steve, obviously, you've got some e-learning going on, too. It's like, look, it's tough on the kids. But I see it being tough on the teachers too. I mean, they're. I mean, I've I've watched Stella's teacher. Are you kidding me? Overnight, they had to change their learning pl- programs and plans. I bet they're working more now than they did in. The but you classroom. can see the pain in their faces too. Like oh, they miss all it. the kids. We've been doing separate Zoom yeah. meetings just to talk and say hello. You know, my my daughter misses her teacher. I mean, heck, we've even got Zoom meetings for daycare with our youngest. Just to see the friends, like the friends they were used to seeing in their teachers. You know what I mean? And uh, so, I look, it's not – I get it that there's a gripe from parents that may, it's difficult. You know, we're paying taxes and stuff like that. But I, I, I definitely – I mean, hats off to the teachers who are trying to make what they perceive starting the year, the things they wanted to get across to all the students and trying to do that online. I mean, that's a monumental task. Oh, no, that's got to be more work than they had before. Yeah. Uh, they actually, yeah, I mean, because you now you got to organize a classroom of X amount that's not the classroom to where you could, okay, right. everybody pull out their books, everybody put this up. You can't, you know, I mean, how, how big are classrooms now? I mean, where are they? Are they at like 15, About 20? The, it depends on where you are, probably. Yeah. Like 25, 20. 25, 20. Yeah. yeah so so it, just, it stinks all around, man. Well, let me, uh, I'm going to shift gears here a little bit because I, you know, we did it. This actually came up in the Blitz too. Somebody brought up this loan or the PPP loan or the employer loan and, uh, I think we ought to we ought to give that a little lip service, and there's a couple other topics I want to I want to talk about because there's a perception that some of these of some of these things out of the CARES Act that are good uh, that may not be so good, and uh, some some warning, uh, some fair warnings I guess coming out of lawyer talk. But um, PPP loans, you know, they're awesome uh, if you got the right business to make it work. Not so awesome if you don't have the right business to make it work. Uh, but I don't think it was an interesting question, Jared, that the employer or the employees are thinking, well, my boss got the got the loan, so it, they need to my company needs to pay me. And I, never, I hadn't thought about that from that. I angle. never thought of that, that line that way either. Yeah. No, whenever I looked at it was that I can either pay them to have the ability to apply for forgiveness, not to guarantee well, you're going to get it for the ability to apply for forgiveness. And that's why I don't think people understand. You hear loan and it's like, all right, you here's your loan. You got to pay it back at this interest, but that's your money. You can do with it what you want. It's a loan. That's not what this is, you know, and I didn't Well, realize. it isn't, it isn't. You, it, say you it, got, it's either one thing or another. Say you got a PPP loan. I guess in its most basic sense it is, but yeah. I didn't realize that there was pages and pages about restrictions and well, how to use that money. And not only that, those pages are getting written even today. You know, it seems like it's changing daily on what their what the rules are. But let's just give an example. Say you got a hundred thousand on a PPP loan, and going into uh, when you applied or back in February, you had ten employees. Uh, in order now, in theory, you can get a hundred thousand forgiven. 
if you use it for payroll. You have to use at least 75% of it for payroll. And then you can use the other 25% for things like rent, utilities. They're still talking about whether mileage or travel still only counts. Only rent and utilities if the lease or property was purchased uh, February b- before or on February 11th, 2020. Yeah, in other words, if pre-pandemic. You, yes. If you had to renew your lease after pandemic, then that 25% is not uh, calculated for that. All right. And if you don't use... Really? So say you are under 75%, it's still questionable how that's going to shake out. How much is forgiven? Is it um, the portion that you used or none of it or all of it? It isn't so obvious. And then uh, let's say you had 10 employees, but you you were only able to bring back five. And in our example now, let's say you only could bring back five because, you know, there's just no business. Or the person can't come back because they don't have any child care. Well, that's a different one, but it's a different story. Oh, so okay. that, that, has been, that has changed a little bit. So you can only bring or back five. Or they're making more money at home. Well- Let's say this. In this example, you tried to bring back 10, you or you wanted to bring back 10. All 10 would have come back, but you could only bring back five because that's business would warrant. That's all business would warrant. Well, in theory, then, at the end of your loan, you're supposed to have the same 10, you're, not the same 10 employees, but 10 full-time employees uh, by the end of your loan date. And if you don't, then forgiveness is compromised, meaning it's not clear what happens, whether your loan gets forgiven or not. All right. Now, let's say that it's not because you didn't uh, have enough business to employ 10 people to sit there and twiddle their thumbs. So you only took five, uh, but rather like your example, Jeff, I, you don't, I, uh, the employees wouldn't come in or they refused because either they were getting more with the 600, the government's given them plus unemployment or they had kids and they couldn't justify it or whatever it is. What came back, what came out recently is a regulation that said, if you ask that person in writing to come back and they wouldn't uh, for whatever reason, then that's not going to get counted against you. And now you're at nine in theory. Uh, so oh. uh, that could be helpful for some. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other problem with it is if you're like, we've talked about this before, if you're a restaurant or if you're a business that you got the loan, but then you see the rules and you have eight weeks to use it and your governor of your state isn't letting your business do work. It's like, well, that's a, a whole hell of a lot of good that does me because I can bring back uh, all my employees and guess what we're going to do? Nothing. And you would say, well, why not? Why wouldn't you do that? Well, here's the other rub. The employer is still responsible for the withholding taxes on the employment side. Uh, so there are expenses to the employer that they're going to incur. And if they're not getting uh, at least enough back in the return on the labor to justify that, then they don't, they, they can't, they can't take the money because it, they can't afford to pay it back. Now, let's say you kept the money and used it and not for any employment purposes or wages. You just wanted to use it. You got a hundred grand, you're going to use it. Well, here's the interesting part. Um, you got to pay it back uh, starting in November, I guess, probably. Is that uh, roughly dollar for dollar? Uh, 1% interest amortized at the whole amount over 18 months. Do that math. So let's say you're paying back, say you were able to forgive $75,000 but not $25,000. Well, they're going to amortize the schedule, not based on $25,000 divided by 18 months, but rather a hundred thousand. So your payment monthly is enormous. Just until the 18 months is up. It's got to be paid by the end of the 18 months. So the 25 grand. Yes. Okay. At a, at a scale, at a scale of a hundred grand. Yeah. So you're paying a lot of money monthly. So you're paying a loan back as if it's a monthly payment for 18 months, like it's a $100,000 loan. And then at the point you either 
What if you run out of the 18 months and the 25 is not paid back? Well, it wouldn't be. No, you would pay your back. You would would end up paying your 25,000 back in like six months. Yeah, right. Right. Or a third of the, or a quarter of the time because it's a quarter of the money. And you know, those are the things that people don't know. And it's not when you, when we get those loans, you looked at it, you're just like, well, this is an interesting turn of events. Now what? You know, it's like, you've got a lot of decision-making. I feel like it's got to change. I mean, I know that it's uh, getting more complex. It's getting, well, I know, but I mean, like once this is all, the They're talking settles. about putting a provision in that if your business didn't lose a percentage of business within the first whatever it was months of reopening, that you won't be able to apply for forgiveness. So, what right. do you think that? What's what? What's it's, an example of that? I, what's an example? I don't of that? know. Who, Nobody knows. I don't know any new. business new. that has done that though. Oh, there's like, tons, there's lots. All right, which one? Like, uh, name. So, take a construction business. Say, okay, um, that makes sense. Because they stayed constant. Yes. They stayed con- and probably got busier. And but so they, they probably didn't apply for the loan. No, they probably did. Why would, why? Because, well, hey, I can get free money. I can okay. get free money. They're going to pay my wages for whatever. So Jared's strategy, I think, is the best strategy you can employ. And that is use the money, operate as if you have to pay it back. All right. And get what you can out of it. Uh, appreciate it. You just have a glass, like you said. So use the money, operate as if you have to pay it back. And if, it turns out that you can get forgiven. That's awesome. It's a great benefit. But if you took the money just to get a windfall, I think what that regulation is, is that they're not going to let you forgive it. Now, here's the problem. When you signed up for it, that wasn't in writing. That, you didn't know that rule. That's coming out later. The only thing you had to say is, has your business been impacted by the virus? There's going to be a lot of litigation on this. A ton. Yeah. So the gotchas out there are pretty significant. So if you're an employee like the the caller thinking, well, my my boss got the got the loan, I should be getting full wage. Well, well maybe they can't. You know, maybe they can't afford it. And then they got another thing. So that's thrown around a lot. You know, I applied for well, it when it loan, came out, so. and mm-hmm. weeks went by, and then I got the. You know, they're like, hey, you're good to go, and they were going to give me eighty thousand dollars too much. Because they got a math that they do. They take last year's, uh, your, your payroll. Last 12 months. And they take an average per month. And then they multiply that 250% to multiply 2.5. Mm-hmm. That's your number. And so I'd done the scale and I had this number and I knew the number. And then whenever I'm looking at it, I was like, whoa. I was like, that's $80,000 too much. And as I'm reading through what I had found through the SBA, you got SBA and then you have the the, uh, the the IRS has got another, anyhow, and whatever bank you're working with, it showed in there that if I accepted more money than the scheduled amount, I will cannot apply for forgiveness. Now, I didn't ask for more money. Right. They just were like, here, put, put an extra 80 grand on it, $80,000. Yeah. Now, if I hadn't found that stipulation, which is a lot of reading, which maybe a number, maybe they did that to a lot of people, which was odd because I talked to my insurance guy because uh, he said that they did that to him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so they're just throwing it out there. So if you took too much money, they would go through and be like, oh, now, even though you spent 75% and 20, you did, you did everything else right. And you spent all of that and you're like, man, everybody's getting paid big checks. And then they're like, yeah, that's not forgiven. 
It's not uh, forgiven. Yeah. So, or, so maybe you take the 80 and you throw it in like a one-year CD. Ah, that right there too is another DQ. clause on there. DQ. Yes, okay. yes brother. <laughs> you are not allowed to do that either. So, even because I thought of that. Yeah, right. I mean, really, well, I was yeah, like, I just, what sit if, on it for two years, give it all back, make make the percentage on it, yeah. you know what I mean? What make if, 3%. Yeah. Or what yeah. if in order right. to keep your doors open, you tapped in your line of credit? So you're paying prime and a point or something with your bank and you tapped in your line of credit. So you think... <clears throat> All right. Well, it makes sense. I got this loan. I'm just going to use. I'm going to pay off my line of credit and use that as a bank account, as uh, as we go forward. And that way, I'm saving four percent or three and a half percent and a and a ton of cash flow uh, to keep my business going. No, there's probably a lot of people have done this stuff so too. They see a lot of, like, well, I guess I'll take it. It's forgiven. And you got to remember as well is that they can't. If they have an account, maybe they don't have an account. Maybe they do their own books. But either way, there was nobody to call. To make sure you were doing the right thing. It was the Wild West. Because right. it was like, uh, we don't know. The rules haven't been even written. And no, nobody's done this before. Due to so, the coronavirus, so, we're accepting a ton of calls right now. Need, Please yeah. be patient. Call and, back at a better time. And we need your application tomorrow morning. All right. So what did that require? That required you to go into your payroll records, figure out how to calculate what was. And it changed overnight. Like I was making an application on, on Thursday, and then by Friday morning, I got another email from the bank that said it had changed. And I was just like, I was defl- I was almost like, then to hell with it. I, you know, I was right. just going to rip I mean, it up and say to hell with it. I can't keep up with this. And, you know, I'm not a numbers guy to understand completely. Look, I pay a payroll company, so I don't have to understand all that. But I had to sit and sharpen my pencil and put my little green hat on and figure all that crap out. And now if you made a, if you made a mistake... And either esti- and say estimated too high. Now what? I mean, you didn't do it on purpose. You didn't mean to. You didn't want to. Um, but you know, you had uh, ten hours to get this stuff done and get it in, or otherwise you weren't going to get your loan. So now what? It'll, it'll be interesting how it works out. So that's that's the that's the first gotcha that I want people to be aware of. Is that? And I think you said too, Jeff. It's like, oh, you got the PPP loan. You're fine. Yeah. No. No. It's not. It is. It is designed to do what it should do, which is try to get your business back and moving and get employees for you, but it's not a windfall um, by any mm-hmm. measure. Now on un- unemployment, this is, I'll bring something up that we probably don't have the answer. I thought I did. Let's say you had two jobs, okay? One job you were able to keep working at, but the other job due to Corona mm-hmm. got shut down. Mm-hmm. Now you were living a budget, you've been working these two jobs for a number of years, you're on salary on both of them, this is what you make your house payment with, everything goes through with it. And all of a sudden, you didn't lose a job because you did something wrong or they got closed down due to Corona. Are you available? I mean, are you able to apply for unemployment, not your full pay, but from that one job? Because from each job, each company had buys into the insurance payroll program, uh, you know, I mean, the unemployment program. So should you be able to be compensated? Like, let's say you made, you know, 500 a month. I'm just making that number up. And, and so could you get the 200? A month, you know, I mean, or which, whichever, however the numbers work out, because I know somebody that did this and then they called him calling it a fraud because they said, well, you're making too much money at the other job that you were able to keep. And he yeah. was like, but no, uh, I, my budget and my life was on these two and the other job is closed down because of Corona. Yeah. So I was just applying for that. And he said, you know, on the, the application, he marked that, yes, he was still employed. But he marked that which job he left or, or was, you know, I mean, was yeah, I don't from. think that's fraud. It, it, the biggest problem, I think, is the unemployment amount that you would get is so 
is is much small. I know we got the six hundred dollars stimulus thing that kicked in, so that's probably different. And that's creating part of the problem with people not wanting to go back. But what you normally would get is so small compared to what you get when your salary working that if he was accurately reporting his other job, because I think they asked that question on there, yeah, um, it would offset it. So what I think happens is you rep- if you are working, you report you are working and what you made kind of guesstimate or mathematically, what'd you make that week? If you have to put that dollar amount in there, it'll negate your unemployment anyway because you've made money yeah. otherwise. And, yeah, you can only get like, so much Let's say you get 450 bucks a month, but you may, or a week, um, but you make $550 a week at your other job that you're salaried, they're not going to give you any money. I don't think. No, it's like, I don't know. It's like I, saying I well, that's how they it works. did. I mean, this is a true story. Oh, they, oh, they, they did. did. Oh. And then he gets a call. Was he and, reporting and, and, the money? And, yeah, he was he was he was doing everything. And 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 then he had a question and he had been trying to get a hold of him. Then he got this little thing and he clicked on there unavailable, unavailable, unavailable. He would call all day. He'd leave me- I mean he's he was he couldn't get oh, yeah. through. Then yeah. he received a call and they were saying that we're gonna talk about your fraud. And he went off and he was like, well, I marked this and this. And he went through it and then got into a disagreement with him about losing the job and where it was at. And he said, listen, I'll give you the money back. Yeah. So, so now he's got to give the money back. Fraud implies a, a, a bad intent. And yeah, it not only implies it, it means bad intent. Yeah. And he said, he was like, no, I filled it out. I said that I marked what I was getting paid. Right. It's stupid. He was like, I was getting it, getting it from you. And then he got, and he was getting the 600 as well. So he wasn't getting, you know, I mean, he wasn't getting much, but he's getting that extra 600 a week. Yeah. And uh, they were like, well, you're making too much at your other job. And he was like, you know, after the argument or whichever it was, he was like, well, can you clear it? Can it not be fraud? He was like, I'll give you all the money back. Yeah. Because as he was taking it, he was like this. He was setting it aside. Thinking. Thinking that. Just in case. Just in case. And he filled it out, went through with it. And uh, it's actually one of my employees, but anyhow, yeah. and as he came to me, I, I, I was like, well, you might want to contact him on this and that because yeah. I, if what happened was in, I get a letter each week. I mean, I have yeah. to fill out for people that are in employment yeah. and, and I have to put down on one company that, you know, I mean, no, see, I don't know what, how they could see it was fraud because you would have had to fill that letter out. No, it's it, look, it, they, they can, messed up and it's they, their mistake. They, it was, it's their mistake. Oh, they gave, okay. They gave money after he had full disclosure. Yes. And so then they were saying, well, you frauded us. And he was like, no, I told you the truth. Yeah. And And they're like, well, then, okay, we can remove the the fraud charges, you know, but we want the money back. And then he was like, how do I do that? You know, where do I send it? Yeah, good luck. Say, I'm going to give you a gift card. And (laughs) and then they were like, you'll be, somebody will be in contact with you. Knock, knock. Okay, then now it's been a number of days, and he's like, nobody's contacting me. I've tried calling back up there. They won't give it to me. What what should I do? What should I do? He should come hire me to write him a letter that says, I represent so-and-so in connection with so-and-so and and -and such-and-such. We wish to return the funds collected uh, due to your mistake. Yeah. uh, And and give it back. But, yeah, I'd I'd do it in writing. you know what else I want to talk about is forbearance. Everybody's heard of this mortgage forbearance, and under the CARES Act, it came out that um, if you uh, if you were late or uh, weren't making payments or needed mortgage forbearance or something like that, then it wasn't going to impact your credit score. And then all these mortgage companies started to give people notice and even set up little uh, you know portals on their web pages to go apply for forbearance that didn't require any signatures. And often it was done; they're being done still to this day. 
just by the telephone, you know, selection one to hit one, hit two, hit three, and uh, they'll put you in forbearance, right? So for up to three months. Now, what happens at the end of that is somewhat questionable. Some banks are saying pay it all back at once. Some are saying uh, you can if you can't, then we'll talk to you. Whatever it would be, and it is true, in fact, that you didn't. Uh, it would not impact your credit score through the reporting agencies. But what they what they're what's going on is if you're trying to get say a mortgage with Freddie Mae and Fannie Mac, government, pseudo government organizations that somewhat set the standards on things like FHA loans, uh, first time homeowners, uh, or just a conventional 30 year fixed, et cetera. Uh, well, if you've applied for a forbearance ever, well, that disqualifies you. And then as people dig into it even more, they're finding that, all right, it's not going to impact your credit score if you were a 760 or a 780, whatever you were before. You still are, but then they've got this big black mark over here. We're treating like a bankruptcy. So your score is the same, but guess what? You're never going to get a loan, or at least not for the next four years. So don't think you can willy-nilly just select these options as a way to give yourself a safety net. And this is true, by the way, even if you made the payment. So many folks were doing this. And remember, Jared, there was a lot of advice going on. Take advantage of everything you can take advantage of and then figure it out later. This is not something anybody should take advantage of unless you absolutely need to because, again, the rules changed as the game was played. And now it's uh, it's turning out to have some devastating impact on folks who only wanted uh, to have a safety net just in case. And, you know, they, they hadn't even lost. Might were, as well protect myself now just in case. Just in case. Well, Sorry. Insurance. Uh, it's an insurance plan. So if you just if you applied for forbearance thinking no big deal and you made your payments, I highly suggest you call your bank and get out of forbearance and try to get it rescinded as fast as you can and say, I didn't understand this and give me a letter that says it never should have happened. And, you know, then maybe later on you can start to repair your credit because that's going on. I'm hearing about that uh, a lot. Uh, the other thing that's going on, we have these EIDL loans. Those are out there. Um, so the disaster relief, everybody, at first they said, uh, if your business has been impacted, you can get a $10,000 grant immediately on your, you know, in advance. Well, the, a lot of people got them, but it turns out it was like a thousand bucks per employee up to 10. That rule changed halfway through the game or a third of the way through the game. And now we're getting notices that says you can apply for these loans. Again, I don't know what the ramifications of these loans are, but I, again, urge everybody to read the small print carefully because at a minimum, it will say something like this. If it is not secured by, say, property or collateral, it immediately acts as an encumbrance on everything you have. So if you have a house, uh, now it's encumbered by this loan. And if you want to sell your house, uh, you got to go to the SBA to figure it out. And that can cause problems down the road that you may not intend. Uh, so if you're thinking, I'm just going to get it and put it in the bank and I'll have it in case and pay it back over 30 years, which is what it is at 3.75% for most people. Uh, if you're a nonprofit, I think it's 3%. Uh, then be careful because there's gotchas. And, you know, it reminds me of OHF. You were just starting out here, I think, as a practicing lawyer. And yeah. we had this flood in 09, 2010. That's probably clerk then. Yeah, about 2010, they started to hit mortgage fraud. Yeah. And it was, it was by, very often people taking advantage of government programs in a way that benefited them. And it wasn't obvious necessarily at the time that it was anything other than just taking advantage of an opportunity. But later on, the government didn't say, oh, by the way, 
through F Freddie Mae and Fannie Mac, we we reduced or lessened or uh, or uh, I don't know what the right word would be uh, relaxed the standards for the thirty year fixed mortgage and then encouraged private banks to lend uh, based on the new standards. Um, they didn't say we're taking responsibility for that. They said no, all, everybody else is at fault because you shouldn't have done this and now it's a crime. And to be sure, there was a lot of crime, but it was caused by opportunities that people saw in these government programs that they were taking advantage of, sort of like the unemployment thing. You know, it's like they're not saying, well, they, they, what was their first reaction? Oh, you're, you, you committed fraud. Yeah. It's not, oh, we screwed up and shouldn't have paid you out. You committed fraud because you should have known better. And you're like, well, I didn't. Uh, so it just he said the, each filing, he listed what I pay, got paid. He said, I they ask mm -hmm. you. He's like, I listed on each one, and they're giving me the money. So it's like, okay. But then they're saying he committed fraud, and it's like, well, actually, you weren't reading. Yeah. Well, you, you got to have the overt act to commit. I mean. No, you you got to have the mental element. He, yeah. Well, but, but but I'm saying when he's checking these boxes, you got to – he had to deceive them in some way, and that's the mental element, I guess. Or is it fraud? That it, so the other argument will be this is like when you didn't get rung up at the checkout line. You know, you knew yeah. about it, but you just kept it, even though you knew you shouldn't have gotten it. So. Yeah. Say you just uh, fill out 20 applications and put in the correct information, and lo and behold, they start paying. Well, then then you might venture into fraud land. Well, this is like the uh, grocery question we got last week on the Blitz. Remember the girl that was getting the groceries from the store and just they were never charging her credit card? Yeah. And just the whole time that they've been at home, she's been getting these groceries and not been charged? Yeah, yeah. You, you can't do that. Uh, eventually, it's going to catch up with you. So, you know— some I mean, people. That's like you've heard it before. Like a bank will make a mistake. Uh, they're supposed to put a fifty dollars check in. They turn it into fifty thousand right. dollars. Somebody looks at their account and they're like, "Whoa!" And they go blow the money. Buying a motorcycle. And then the bank is like, "This, hey, uh, we messed up. We want that money back, but you'd spend it." And they're like, "Yeah, we still want it back." And they're like, "Well, you put it in my account. It's your fault. It's yeah. your fault." It's like, yeah. no, no, it was. A lot it was of times, a if it's not crazy. They'll just let you have it. Not the banks. No, I wouldn't do that if I owned the bank. Well, like, let's say they make it. I think I had this happen. Maybe I'm just making this up. I don't know. I thought I did, though. Where you put in a $50 check, but they make 150 And you call them and you say, hey, wait, you guys put in an extra 100 in there. And I'm like, oh, that's that's our, our our mistake. Sorry about that. Did that happen to you? I thought it. Maybe I'm just. That's never happened to me. It happened to me once. I put a $50 check in, and it was five, it wasn't 50000 but it was, ended up being 500 and I remember being like, what the, I checked my statement. I was like, what's going on with this? You know? And I was like, that was a $50 check. And, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I did nothing. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> then I looked and it got pulled out. You know I mean? 450 got pulled out. They were probably waiting for you. Things like overdraft fees. But if you wrote checks thinking you had the wrong amount, uh, and you know, the difference between 150 and 50 in the context of, of a dozen deposits may not be so obvious. So, you, you know, if you're writing checks and you're like, what's my balance, I can write a check and you're 50 short. Um, you know, I can yeah. see them waiving, uh, return check fees or something, but not giving you the money. Yeah, maybe you can't get a windfall. Uh, now let's say you did it now. What's the detriment? I, we, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. Well, you know, they got all these things too, where it's like, oh, you sign up for this bank account. You get a hundred dollars free to start your account. Yeah, I mean, there's that stuff going on, or fifty dollars, or whatever it or is. If you refer you know a friend, I mean? I've never gotten that. And I brought in lots of people to chase. They never give me my hundred bucks. They're like, "Well, that doesn't. You don't qualify because I was like, I don't even, yeah, because you don't want to give me a hundred bucks." I always go for the radio. 
Sign up, oh, you, can, you get the radio, get the radio. Remember they used to say you could pick a prize? Cash, they, 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 like pick a, a prize, yeah. They have, Draw from it. the frog. Or they'll spin the wheel. You know what I mean? Yeah. You might get the $100 or you just might get the pin. Yeah. All right. Well, I think uh, I think we've covered all the stuff I wanted to cover today. So, you know, lots of stuff going on here at 511. We're opening up. So the, all the uh, podcasts that have Look been. Look at the beard sweating over there. He's got the mask on. He He's got the jacket on, too. Dude, I feel I mean, great, man. Sweating. Did you guys get the video of the mask, the new mask for Eaton? No, there was that a magnet on there or something. You didn't weird. watch that video? I tried it. It was, like, really small on my phone. It oh. didn't come. There was, they must be too What's many. What to do? You have a little you have a little thing you squeeze and it, and it opens up the mouth of it and you put your food in and then you squeeze the thing and it closes back up. That's so gross. I thought oh, you guys man. would get a kick out of that. So I, think I, ordered, just, I mean, obviously I ordered 10. I think but, you're being selfish right now because you could actually have the Corona and, I know. You're, not, and you're not sharing it with me. Oh. And if you were, then my immune system would build up and I'd be a strong person. You're against herd immunity. You're totally against it. I'm. I don't even it. know if that's re real. No, that's it, a, no, it's, it's a definitely real. Thing. It's definitely real. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing. That's, that's how mean, our bodies work. If it was so weird, real, why would we even quarantine at all? That's a good question. To not overload the hospital. That was the reason for that it. That was the reason, and that was understandable. That way, they didn't okay. have an influx and an overload. We've hit it. We've backed up. We've got things in line. Okay. So, so the goal is herd immunity either by vaccine or by natural spread. I, mean, I that's think the it. flu season is going to go out the over the roof this the, come this season, come, come fall. Winter, nobody's had because, anything. Because yeah, nobody's had see. anything because everybody's been masked up and, and, and rubbing some their hands. that said something like a mask. You know, I wear a mask even if I don't need it as a courtesy or whatever. And the, the meme, the response is, oh, kind of like carrying a gun. I know I've seen that one. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen that, but yeah, like I said, I think you're I all the mask wearers being a little selfish. I've read this article. Or I'm not going to lie, man. I feel like I, to themselves. I, 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 I feel like a allegiance to the mask. No, oh, you're part because of the I walk around. For. I get a lot of criticism, man, for wearing you it. guys. I got <laughs> friends. I've never criticized you for wearing a mask. You don't have friends. <laughs> well, you know, you joke around. I mean, we like joking yeah, around. Yeah, I give other. you the business. Like, it's, it's no fun. big deal. Don't worry. You got that mask on. <laughs> well, I mean, that's not criticism. <laughs> no, I know. I, I know, did read this but... article, though, or this comment on Facebook, and it was this guy who was a, who knows what it was, but it was shared by somebody who shared it by somebody, and it was a guy who was a, some sort of doctor or, or had a, an education, was a former military guy, and had this long, long uh, sort of well-written essay about why we've screwed up how we handled this and we were, should have been looking for herd immunity, and then he goes through all these points one by one. Um, and then, you know, I take that for what it is. You know, I, it is what it is. And I, I start reading comments. And what was interesting to me is the people who were for him were like, yeah, that's what I've been saying. Right. And the people who were against him, uh, the, the biggest, it came up like four times. I hear he's also a big gun nut. <laughs> this guy's crazy. I hear he's a gun nut. Well, that's what I'm saying. You you associate it with the it, with a party. It's so interesting to me. It's like, what the hell does it matter if he's a gun yeah, nut? Speaking right. of gun nuts, I I heard that uh, this is like the largest sale of guns ever in our history. This is the time was during in, this the time to be yeah. in Remington stock. Yeah, yeah, that was that was it. People were buying up on it. Yeah. So it's it's funny that uh, it's sort of polarized that way. So you wear a mask, you must be anti-gun. You you you're against all this. You must be a gun nut. Or that's the like it was a well-written essay, and I'm sure there was people that could that could um, critique it or argue with it or debate it rationally. But no, nah, that's not what was going on. It's just now he's a gun nut, so he's crazy, and it just that's what it's come to. Just back to these ad hominem 
the, the guy's crazy, so we don't believe anything he says because he likes guns. If you do have the corona, the mask can put it straight to the brain. I've been reading on that. That if you've got it and you're breathing it in there, then when you're inhaling it back up, it gives you the brain corona. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about any of it. But um, I guess people are people will justify both positions by citing examples that I think are in the fringes. Both sides. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what's right and wrong. I really don't. No, I mean, I don't. I don't know if it's it, fine. If nobody's it doing anything, and nobody, will, it's not no, doing and nobody anything. will be really able to prove if I have to one way yeah. or the other. If I have to go to court and they're going to make me put a mask on, I'm going to put a mask on. If I don't have to wear right. a mask and I'm in a very crowded place, I probably just won't go to the crowded place. I mean, um, like I've been sneezing you know. with my allergies. Like that is that makes sense, I guess. If I had, if I was asymptomatic and I was sneezing into this mask. It's probably better. It doesn't spray it all over the table here or on the floor here. If you sneezed all over this table, have you ever seen me go into a sneezing fit? I think so. Like if yeah. I wanted, if I look, if I looked up at one of these lights that are above our head right now, I will start to sneeze. Bright light makes me sneeze, and like sun, like if it's a bright sun, it, it just it's like a gremlin. And it'll fire into it, and uh, my dad does it as well. And I, and I, I saw somewhere that it's a, it's a gene that 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 you'll have that it, that bright light makes you sneeze, and uh, I've always worried because I've. I've got to where I was worried I was going to wreck my car before. I've sneaked. Sometimes I'll sneeze, and I'm not joking around, like 20 times in a row. And Do you get I, a really runny nose, or are they just dry sneezes? No, they're just dry sneezes. I mean, it's just, but they're still particles, you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're blasting sure, out. Sure. But I've blown in my car. I've been on my bike one time where I had my face shield on, <sighs> and I, but now onto that, I mean, trust me, it was a mess. I mean, I had to pull over to wipe out the inside of the shell, and I'm always like, I'm always worried that I go out. It's like, man, I can only probably go out on cloudy days because if, if, if I'm in a parking lot and I sneeze, we're before people were like, God bless you, because I sneeze all the time, and I and I hear it sometimes where strangers have gone to say God bless you, and I want to be like this. Might as well wait because there's more to come, and sometimes I'll get multiple, and they'll be like, I've already said it. But now I bet if you sneeze in there, are people going to God bless you? Or are they going to be like this? What, say, are you, what are you even doing out of your house? They're going to damn you instead of bless Where's you. Where's your mask, dude? Where's yeah, your mask? God bless you. God damn you. So I, oh, think, I should cut that out. I don't, that, I, I, that came out I, totally wrong. I, <laughs> I, I think I'm going to be, you know, it's like if I'm around people and it, it's awkward because I should, everybody thinks I should be around, I just won't be around them. I, you know, I, no, I feel I the same. It. It's like, like I don't, everybody can make their own choice to do whatever they want. I don't, yeah. I don't want to be somebody, but I was at Lowe's this morning at 6 a.m. when it opened. And I, that's when I go shop because nobody's around and I could, I could function throughout that whole store without getting in 20 feet of people until I checked out and they had the sneeze guards up anyway. So I was like, I feel like that's a mask in and of itself. And, you know, I, I kept my distance and did my thing. And that was that. Now, if I were in a crowd of people, I probably would just not have gone in. Yeah. I would have just chosen not to go in. Cause I've done that. I've driven by, I was like, yep. that parking lot's way too crowded. I've, I'm I've not done going that. There. Yep. And, uh, you know, upstairs in the office, I stay far away from people. I realize that, uh, if somebody's weird and they, they want me to wear a mask or to be certain close, then, you know, I'll respect that. Just steer clear, folks, you see, as, as uh, Clint Eastwood said. But it's um, – it, I guess what I'm saying is don't, don't call people names and don't judge people either way. It's like the, you, people are justifying it on the fringes with all sorts of things. Uh, nobody really knows, I don't think. And at the end of the day, herd immunity is the goal, whether it comes from a vaccine or whether it comes from natural – uh, it's the goal. And to me, when I hear like 90% of the people are going to get it, I think good, good, because that means we're getting towards that herd immunity. I think it's only like 30% or something that has to actually uh, get it. Yeah, you know, well, I think we're over that. I, I don't know. But 
you know, the idea is, Jeff, if you've got, if you've got herd immunity, and there, before I get there, I heard there was another story where people that have already had it, there, there's positive studies now that uh, there is a good, healthy immunity to it. But somebody will tell me different next time. Yeah, yeah. You know. So, like, don't go around people with masks and, like, say they look like they have underoos on their face or, like, stuff like that. We well, look, that. I'm not making fun of the fact <laughs> that you're wearing a mask. I'm making, we were just pointing out that you, it does look like an underoo. It does. I sent you that picture of some underoos. Did you get but that's like their response. Similar. It's like, why would you call me a dumbass? It's like, I didn't, I, I'm only calling, I mean, you are a dumbass. You know what I mean? Well, like, no. that's like saying that. Like, I'm not saying you shouldn't be wearing you know a shirt. I mean? Like, that's just like, I, you're like, justified no. by being like, it's oh, like I'm well, not you saying are. you're wearing a shirt. You shouldn't be wearing a shirt. I'm saying your shirt looks like an underoo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you should, uh, I think it's awesome you're wearing a mask. It looks like an underoo. <laughs> I if, love underoos. Uh, and it might be a compliment. I miss right? underoos, man. So if, if and when I wear a mask, uh, it'll probably just be a bandana. Is that permissible? Yes, I don't it is. Know. Yeah, I mean, you yes. something cover, face, face covering. covering. When we go into court, like I said, they got three courts right now that just say we're not doing business. I have a whole a box on. of Smirnoff bandanas. That's probably good. That's what I'm going to wear. Especially on the DUI cases. On the DUI cases. <laughs> I'm going to wear the Smirnoff bandana because that's what I have. I, you know, I just, I have them. So I'm going to wear them. That's, that's going to be my thing. I ordered some masks for the office upstairs. I'm didn't need to. Unemployment's going to send you fifty of them. I know. You just told me that. I, I ordered. Are they 50. really? Yeah, they're out of money, but yet they're boxing up. Because seeing that's the other thing. Well, they have to because they have not to. all businesses can afford it. So yeah. if they're going to make you do it, they got to give them to you. Well, and then there's multiple things there to where one, you know, I mean, function of the government spent an, a big allocation on masks or things that are just stockpiled now that they're not using. So now they need to deflect that money, take some out, put it over here into yeah. this one. It's it's they're like hiding their money to spread it out amongst the different groups. That's all for yeah. bottom line and budgets. Yeah, that's accounting. Yeah, no, that's probably right. But no, I got some coming upstairs. I'm building a little sanitation station, and uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna comply to the extent we can comply, and I'll do what I'm supposed to do. But uh, all right, now we are gonna wrap it up. Uh, lots of stuff happening here. We are opening the doors again safely with our own. Uh, schedule of what are we going to call it? Our, 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 how'd we, how'd we, how'd we call it? How'd we classify that? We had a, um, protocol, a sanitization protocol. So we're doing everything we can here in the studio to keep it safe. Uh, podcasters coming back in. We are going to, uh, Thursday night, tomorrow night, the comedians on South high comedians on South high. We're going to be here. Mask so on. be in the house. Uh, we've got the lawyer talk podcast. LawyerTalkPodcast.com. Check it out. Uh, creating bios. So if you've ever been a guest and you're still listening, send me your bio. Otherwise, I'll contact you privately. We'll get your bio so we can include it in our guest section and we'll give you a link back to your uh, your business page or whatever you want. Uh, so check out Lawyer, LawyerTalkPodcast.com. Dan Buckley at Dan Buckley Photography. He's taking care of all the photo and video needs here at Channel 511 uh, Studio C. Uh, Freddie B still making sure the audio works and is sounding awesome. And it has with all the technological stuff, we've made some strides here, Jared, you know, we, we're doing stuff remotely. Now we've got the mix minus, if you know what that means, you're uh, far more ahead than I was a few months ago. So we can call in, give you a mix minus back. That means you don't hear the echo or we don't hear the echo. Uh, we're doing zoom uh, and Google hangouts and Skype and all the other ways to get people in remotely to do podcasts. Uh, we got the lecture series starting very soon here. Uh, with the green screen. So lots of stuff. You want to check us out at channel 511. Uh, and of course, if you have relied on lawyer talk for all your virus news, your COVID-19 updates, and 
general information through these troubled times, well, show us a little token of your appreciation. One dollar. One dollar. That's all we ask. It's what? What is it? It's not GoFundMe. It's the I don't even know what they call it. Um, Patreon. We've got a Patreon account, Jeff. So you can go on to uh, Channel Five One One. Click the Patreon account. Go to uh, YouTube. Type in Channel Five One One. Uh, you know, you'll see it there. You can ring the bell. More video content coming soon. I'm sure with the comedians back, we're going to be cranking it out. So anyway, lots more to come this year. It's not over yet. We are not going to let COVID-19 hold us back at uh, Channel 511 or Lawyer Talk or Comedians on South High or any of the other awesome uh, shows coming out of our studio here. So uh, this has been uh, Lawyer Talk off the air, on the air, off the record, uh, talking all things virus and legal questions until now.